You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Don't worry. This is a safe space. No one follows baseball's unwritten rules here. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. You guys are ruthless with the penalties. Ruthless. I asked you for what our penalties should be for the next snake draft. Robbie lost the uh, the current version. You can find. There are some brutal ones coming in on the text line. I don't a song. That's not punishment for us. That's punishment for you. Like ratings and things. Everybody's gonna if I sing a full song by the end, there's none of you none of you are still listening. None no listeners are still tuned in to, to our station if that happens. But again, we will uh <laughs> we will through all the suggestions coming in on the text line. I appreciate everybody for sending them in. Rank, engage, and decide which ones we're gonna roll with in the uh in the future. In the meantime, Let's get back to a little conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. At what point does does their narrative that they've created go from like the 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 knowledge that all great athletes artificially put chips on their shoulder, right? They create narratives against them. What point does it go from that to now you just seem like you're completely disconnected to reality? Because I'm all for creating narratives to stay stay motivated right? You need that motivation to run one more sprint. You need that motivation to do one more rep. You need that earlier. So what do you do? You say, everybody's doubting me. They don't think I can do it. I need to prove them wrong. Use it. I get it. I got it. Love it. Right. I was the guy who, you know, I I like to say, saw everything reacted to just, you didn't know I heard you, but I heard you and I remembered it and I used it as motivation. There's a great story. Does anyone know who LeBradford Smith is? LeBradford Smith had a three-year career in the NBA. Michael Jordan made up an entire trash-talking lie about LeBradford Smith just to get himself motivated. So I believe he was on the Wizards, and Michael Jordan and the Bulls played the, the Wizards on back-to-back nights. And the first night they played against the Bulls, LeBradford Smith had 37 points. Bulls still won, but LeBradford... In the locker room after the game, Michael Jordan was telling teammates, you should have heard this smack LeBradford was talking to me, talking about how could you let some no-name score 37? How could you let this no-name give you the work? How could you, you know, Michael Jordan's telling everybody, he's saying this, I have to roast him tomorrow. I'm going to have to cook him tomorrow because they're playing him again the next day. Jordan was the next night, finished with 47 points, eight rebounds, four assists, and two steals in only 31 minutes of action. And everyone's like, see, that's what you get. You shouldn't talk trash to Michael Jordan. Years later, Michael Jordan admitted LeBradford Smith never said anything to him. Completely fabricated. Just made up that whole narrative to get his juice into the Wizards. Because otherwise, it's just another regular, meaningless, not meaningless, but low-meaning, regular season game against the lowly Wizards. So I understand that. But what the Chiefs are doing are taking it to another level. Remember the the Georgia Bulldogs? They won a national championship, and for like 12 hours they were saying, 
all you naysayers that didn't believe in us were here. And everyone was like, whoa, that's ridiculous. Nobody didn't believe in the defending national champions. Well, the Chiefs aren't just doing it like an emotional thing after the game. It was Wednesday. They're at the Super Bowl parade, and Travis Kelsey is still going all out with the uh, with the you guys were hating on us. Robbie, do we have the sound? Let me take you back to 2022 in the month of maybe April. Guys were getting signed left and right. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. If you knew the Chiefs were going to win the division, let me hear you say, hell yeah. All right. The Chiefs were done. The Chiefs were never going to make the playoffs. I mean, I saw some people saying that they had regressed. I saw some people saying they were a little concerned now that Tyreek Hill, who's fast but a terrible person, was gone. I saw some people throwing out some things along those lines. Nobody was saying they were done. No, like that is absolutely no one thought the Chiefs were long shots to win the Super Bowl this year. Nobody thought they were long shots to make the playoffs this year. Even if they're like, hey, bold prediction, maybe they don't do that well. That's different. If it's a bold prediction that you won't play well, that's them saying everyone expects you to play well. And at a certain point, you just you, you stop saying it out loud, right? What are they going to say next year? What are they going to say next year? Nobody believed in us. When I was telling you that nobody believed in us, when I was pointing out how stupid you were for not believing in us, you were not believing in us. I'm fine with making it up. I'm fine with using it as motivation. But once you get it like 12 hours away from the game and your heart rate comes back down to a, a normal normal resting rate and you, you've had a moment to look back and recognize that you have made it to three of the last four Super Bowls, maybe just say, Thanks, Chiefs Kingdom. Maybe just say, hey, we always knew we'd get here without throwing in the nobody else did. You're actually kind of insulting everyone that picked you. <laughs> so, oh, so you don't hear anything we're saying, huh? I, I've, been, I've been championing the bandwagon for the Chiefs the entire, like, week one. When everyone loved the Bills, I was saying, it's early, relax. When everybody loved the Bengals, I said, it's early, relax. When everybody got jacked up by every little overreaction to every little game, the Dolphins are great, the this, they're great, the Niners, they're great. I said, relax. And even then, I wasn't accusing those that were championing the other teams as hating on the Chiefs. I was accusing them of getting too high on the other teams. But they still respected the Chiefs. I'm fine with like post-game interviews. Post-game interviews, if you haven't taken the jersey off yet, if you're still wearing like the the sweaty shirt that you threw on right after the game that says champions, you're allowed to say like nobody believed in us. It was us against the world because you're wrapped up in it. Wednesday, when the game was on Sunday, probably time. Probably time to recognize that a lot of people believed in you. Yeah, uh, but but he had a little bit of liquid courage. 
a little bit of drunk words, sober thoughts, drunk words, sober thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you got you have to like look yourself in the mirror and say, yeah, a lot of people believed in us. It, it's it's the whole uh, you know five star recruit that makes it to the draft and says nobody thought I'd get here. It's like, well, you were a five star recruit when you were sixteen years old. Somebody had an idea that you had some talent. You're the Chiefs. You made it to the last four straight AFC championship games. You're out there like you're the little engine that could. Like you're a mid-major NFL team. There's a few teams that could, like if the Lions made it to the Super Bowl, go nuts. Right? The Bengals, when they're out of left field, go nuts. Say it all. Say people doubted you because they did. If people actually doubted you, put it on T-shirts. Get hire a skywriter to to write it across the top of your parade. I'm fine with it, but if nobody doubted you, you're just lying to us, and you're lying to yourselves, and you're disconnected to reality. Like, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes. You have a 450 million dollar quarterback. Patrick Mahomes went up there and said, uh, or not, sorry, not Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Veach, my guy, Brett Veach, Delaware Blue End, GM of the the Kansas City Chiefs, went up at the podium for the the parade and said this is what rebuilding is like for the Kansas City Chiefs. You have a 450 million dollar quarterback. You're not rebuilding. You have a inner circle Hall of Fame coach, an inner circle Hall of Fame quarterback and an inner circle Hall of Fame tight end. You're not rebuilding. You're lying to yourselves and us. Who was doubting the Chiefs? 757-687-9494. And I hear Bart Scott and I hear some guy from Barstool. I don't know. I asked it on Twitter and those were the two I got. Bart Scott and some guy from Barstool. Neither of them count. If you have someone else, 757-687-9494. Aaron Rodgers reportedly on the trade market. Albert Breer, who's as connected as anybody says it might not even cost a first-rounder to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Did Aaron really mess over the Packers? Stick around. Need a break from the winter cold? Don't wait for the spring thaw. Tim Donnelly is just heating up. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Has Aaron Rodgers tanked his value? Messed over the Packers so much that they won't even get a first-round pick back in a trade form? A, I'm not saying a bunch of, I'm saying singular. They won't even get a first-round pick back. Another way to put it, if the Packers can't get a first-round pick back for Aaron Rodgers, actually, I'll put a couple first. If they can't get a couple first-round picks back for him, Packers fans have every right to be anti-Rodgers until he retires and a couple years pass so the time can heal those wounds. They have every right to to boo that guy if he ever steps foot back in Lambeau until time heals the wounds because he kind of directly led to this. But first, let's 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 get to the uh the reason we're having this conversation. Albert Breer was on the the Ryan Rosillo podcast and uh and you can hear it for yourself. I don't think you have to give up that much in draft picks to get him. Like you may not even have to include a one in the package to get him, and and that's because of the contract, and that's because of a narrow narrower field. So if you're a team that's close, you might look at it and say, you know what, let's do do what Tampa did, and let's create a two year window for ourselves. And that's where I see like the Jets as being the team that's most likely to do it. 
Hmm. Not even a one. Not think of what the 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 Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson. Think of what the the Commanders gave up for Carson Wentz. Think of what the Colts gave up for Carson Wentz. Think of what the Colts gave. There's a lot of trades that have happened recently for quarterbacks. Think about Matt Stafford. And the contract is where I would be mad if I were a Packers fan. Because his contract is one, it is gigantic, first of all. But it is also one that I don't think he gets from anyone other than the Packers, right? He had to cash in like 15 years of goodwill to get that contract. And he knew that the, if if the Packers just you know forced him out, turn on them. So he used that leverage to get himself a fat new contract. And then he's looking to force his way out after one year. It was a four-year commitment. It was a three-year extension. He had one year left, so he was committed for four years. He's going to play one year, then force his way out to get pennies on the dollar back? And the contract is the reason they can't get the value back? So they're going to – he forced you to pay him a bunch of money and commit for four years. And then he's going to leave after one year and force you to take back pennies on the dollar in value when if they would have just come to the decision, whether it was Rodgers or Rodgers and the Packers together or the Packers decide, I don't care what he thinks, we're going to do this. If they would have traded him last year, coming off back-to-back MVPs and on a more reasonable contract, they could have gotten the world for him. They could have looked at the Broncos. They could have looked at the Bears. They could have looked at so many of these teams, Seahawks, and said, we'll take your whole roster. And they'd go, um, including the picks? Of course, including the picks. Deal. You drive a hard bargain, but deal. I mean, that's where that's where the value was last year. Then he signed this ginormous contract, this ginormous extension, which brought the value down. Then he didn't play as well, right? All the, the play regressed, which brought the value down. Now it looks like he wants out, and anytime a player wants out, brings the value down. And now, according to Albert Breer, the Packers might go, you know what, we'll take a second rounder. I want to put this in perspective. The Bears, at the trade deadline, traded a second-round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. In return, they received Chase Claypool, who wasn't even their number two wide receiver for the rest of that season. The Packers might have to accept the same offer or a second and a third, right? Like a slightly better offer for Aaron Rodgers, for an inner circle Hall of Fame quarterback that still has some kind of competitiveness left in him, right? It's not like he's completely broken down. This isn't, you know, Brett Favre being traded from uh, like the Jets to the Vikings. I don't even think that was a trade. I think that was a that was a, a release situation. But you get what I'm saying. That is brutal. Like. To if that happens in a in a high school gymnasium, everybody's going ooh, because that that's an insult from Aaron Rodgers to the the Green Bay Packers, and it's hilarious, right? This is where it gets it gets even the web we weave gets even more entangled. 
Aaron Rodgers was mad at the Packers for how they treated players that he thought they should have been loyal to. He didn't like the way Clay Matthews or Jordy Nelson or Charles Woodson, all of these guys were dealt with at the end of their careers. And he, he said it, right? He had that press conference before this past season when he came back and, and, and it was 45 minutes of airing of grievances. It was like uh, Ben Stiller's dad on, on Seinfeld, right? I got a problem with you people. I got I got airing of grievances on Festivus. Like it was that kind of deal. And part of it was I didn't like the way they dealt with their their loyal contributors. And then Aaron Rodgers is going to turn around to a team that has been loyal to him for a decade and a half plus and paid him hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and aided him as he got a Super Bowl and four MVPs and and put up with a whole bunch of drama, and he's going to say, I need you to pay me every last dollar that you possibly can, agree to it into the future, and then I'm going to be cool with the trade, and oh, by the way, that trade's going to get you almost nothing. Is it payback? Like, do you think on his way out of town, he's going to lower the window? And you you can't see it, but I just mimed rolling down. A, I, the, the, the car I'm in doesn't have doesn't have power windows. I'm rolling, cranking it down. I think he's going to crank down the window as he drives out of Green Bay for the last time and yell out the window. This is for Clay Matthews. Is he? Is this all some kind of revenge scheme? Because yesterday or two days ago, they bleed together. I was yelling at the Raiders for how little they maximize the value of Derek Carr, right? They cut him. They will get nothing in return. They will get no players, no picks in a trade. They will get nothing in return for one of like the 15 guys in the world that can play above average starting quarterback in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is basically strong arming the Packers into doing the same thing. I don't know if I can blame the Packers in this situation. I mean, I know everybody gets their slice of the blame pie, but I don't know how big the slice for the Packers is. They were forced into a contract that now makes him less valuable. They signed up long-term. He wants, like, that is bad. And Albert Breer's going, I don't even know if they could get a one. You don't know if they can get a one? A two will get you Chase Claypool. What, what What if that's the deal? The Bears call up the Packers and go, we'll give you Chase Claypool. For Aaron Rodgers, yes, no? Who says no? Then they'll trade both Justin Fields and the number one overall pick. How about that? What if, like, think about this. This is this is the last thing I'll say on just putting the value into perspective. Okay. If the the Bears were going to trade Justin Fields, they're getting multiple first round picks. That's that's gonna happen. So if they wanted to trade Justin Fields. And Aaron Rodgers is worth less than a first-round pick. It would be Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers, and multiple first-round picks would be the deal. It would be Justin Fields traded for Aaron Rodgers, a first, and two seconds. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. You know what else is coaching staff being assembled in Carolina? It's it's an Avengers moment. They're listening there. Assemble in Carolina. Frank Reich doing a job. Stick around. In the pocket and calling the shots for Hampton Roads. 
It's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Is this actual Avengers music? It is. <laughs> Frank Reich is putting together an Avengers-style coaching staff for the Carolina Panthers. And he had to because, I mean, he's got the early movie monologue saying all the cool things you're going to do, right? Like the Captain America the beginning of the movie, we're not going to let them get the better of a speech down. Here's Frank Reich talking about what he's going to do to the Panthers. This is going to be about the team, the team of coaches, the team of players that we build, working as an organization, that excellence is the standard, that consistency of excellence is what we've got to have. That's ultimately what we're all looking for. We want to be at the top. This is what I heard from it. We want to be at the top, not just every now and then, year in and year out. So that's what we're striving for. Assemble! Defensive coordinator, I've been practicing saying this name, Ejiro Iviro. Stud defensive coordinator who ran the Broncos defense last year. We've talked about how good that defense has been. They hired him away. He's now the head or the, the defensive coordinator of the Panthers. Quarterbacks coach, Josh McCown. One of those players that everybody knew would be a coach while he was a player and has actually even had head coaching interviews without any real coaching experience. Get him as a quarterback's coach. I like that move. Not as a head coach, as a quarterback's coach. Senior assistant Jim Caldwell, who reportedly told everybody, including Washington, but everybody, that he would only consider head coaching jobs. Don't even call me if it's not a head coaching opportunity. And then the Panthers called and said, you want to be an assistant? And he said, sign me up. Running backs and associate head coach, Deuce Staley. You recognize him from Hard Knocks with the Lions. Hard Knocks with the Lions. Big part of the Lions turnaround and has had head coaching interviews. Also was a longtime running back with the Eagles. Drank pickle juice. Strange part of his history. And there's a lot of hot shot young guys in that mix. And I think they just need an old timer along with Jim Caldwell and Frank Reich to say, no, 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 you're getting a little is actually reportedly considering the Panthers over maybe taking the Eagles offensive coordinator job. If that's the case, whoa. Right, because the Eagles offensive coordinator appears to be step right in, internal candidate promoted, but I guess he's even saying, like, I might still want to go check out what the Panthers are doing. What? You could have Jalen Hurts or you could have whatever's behind door number three. Ross Tucker on the Ross Tucker pod talking about the Carolina Panthers staff. So I don't know if David Tepper, the Panthers owner, is just outspending people and realizing there's a competitive advantage to be gained by being the team that's willing to pay more for these salaries, or this is just Frank Reich and his recruiting, or people just like Frank Reich this much. But the staff that they are building there in Carolina is incredible. I like that game. Let's try to figure out what's happening here. I Again, we've talked about this. David Tepper, don't play around. He has cash on cash on cash on cash. Hedge fund guy. Makes money by the fistful. Billion, billion, billionaire. He may have looked around and said, in the NFL, the one place you can spend money that is not regulated by the league, meaning it is outside the salary cap, is on your coaching staff. And he may just say, Frank Reich, I want you to interview these guys. Tell me who you want. Tell me who's the best. And tell me what number it's going to take. 
We don't we there's no like reporting of assistant coach salary. So we don't know how much they're making. But that's one of the possibilities. The other is Frank Reich is just the best guy in the world and to work for and everybody loves him and he's a recruiting fiend and and I don't know, he interviews you and you leave wanting him more than he wants you. Like that's the other possibility. Either way, however it happened, they're going to be testing how much a coaching staff matters. The roster in Carolina I can firmly describe as meh, right? It's like, it's not bad. It's not unbelievable. It's meh. The coaching staff thus far, unless they truly botched the last few remaining openings, is great, right? Unless they go get an offensive coordinator that's like Jeff Saturday, it'll be great. So so does the team, does the production, does the next year or two of Carolina Panthers football fall closer to meh or great? And that'll tell me how much a coaching staff matters, right? Because if it falls closer to meh, guess what? That means the players, it doesn't matter how many great coaches you put around them. You can't make chicken salad out of chicken you know. But if it comes, if this team is is markedly improved and and maybe even in the mix to win that division and, and maybe even it looks like oh all these players are so much better than they were last year that is that is an absolute testament to what a great coaching staff can do and it is an absolute testament to what the rich owners should do imagine if you could just say like i'm like uh who's the richest guy in the world right now is it gates is it, it i think it's musk, musk? musk? Yeah. All right, whoever it is uh, richest person in the world, or Bezos, maybe it's Bezos, because uh, reportedly Bezos is in the mix to buy Washington. Uh, if he buys Washington, Bezos, Bezos, I don't know how to say his name. If the Amazon guy buys Washington, if he really wanted to just win a Super Bowl, obviously you're going to put together the best players that you possibly can. But what is stopping him from saying, I want Sean McVay as my offensive coordinator? 25 million a year. I want um, McDermott from Buffalo as my defensive coordinator. 25 million a year. My quarterback's coach, I want Tom Brady. Like, what's to stop him from doing that? There's no rules against it in the NFL. He would have the the true Avengers of coaches and, and, and go win. Put together the best roster you can, but then go win. That's kind of what the Carolina Panthers are doing to a much, much, much smaller scale of the available candidates who's best for this job. Make it happen. Of the available candidates who's best for this job. Make it happen. And it does feel like Tepper's behind the scenes going, yeah, all right, I'll pay it. Yeah, okay, I'll pay it. How much you need? Ooh. Yeah, okay, I'll pay it. Like the rest of us when we're talking about adding guac, right? It's like, ah, uh, but I do want guac. Okay, fine. That's what he is for, like, spending a ton of money on a defensive coordinator. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Get your texts in right now. 757-687-9494. It's the Dream Lawns text line. 757-687-9494. Because when we come back, we're going to read your text and we're going to ask, does that do anything for you? Stick around.